The 100% Wild Podcast is brought to you by Onyx Hunt, the nation's number one GPS hunting app. Download today in the Google Play and App Store. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast, the best show that has ever existed. The best podcast on Drury Outdoors, for sure. <laughs> it's the best one we've ever had. <laughs> I'm Tim Chelswick. Matt Drury, and uh, we got another edition coming at you. Yeah, for better or worse. you know. And I have to back up a little bit because I got some feedback from our show last week. Uh, Scott Seibert, who listens up in North Central Illinois, said that he was listening to the Wildlife Words segment. Yeah. And the wildlife word last week was defensive vomiting. <clears throat> okay. While he was eating Culver's cheese curds. Mm. And it ruined his dining experience. Well, I saw some feedback on our Facebook page. <laughs> it wasn't very good. It wasn't good for one of us. <laughs> hey, I came on and you're I probably happy that someone's taken some of the heat off you. <laughs> well, yeah, it used to be uh, when we were doing this podcast with Mark Kenyon from Wired to Hunt, I was the weak link. <laughs> we got rid of his services and now you're and the now weak link. Now I am it. I'm a, I'm a clown, apparently. <laughs> it, it happens. <laughs> well, and the thing is, clowns study for a long time. There's training involved. I can't even compete with a clown. No, you're just, you're just him. Just some guy. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's like, he's a weak link. He hundred percent holds back this show. I was like, wow. He really guy, got detailed. The, the guys mean, here in the studio were like, do you know that is like, is this guy just jacking around with us? Does he know you? Are you guys buddies? He knows me enough. Apparently. Hey, it's all good. Feedbacks. Uh, we, Good or bad, I like getting the feedback. When we first started this, back with Kenyon, the feedback we got from one guy was, I love all the juries except for Matt. You just got to take it with a grain of salt. I mean, that one cut to the core. Uh, it's tough. But but you, you are happy that people are watching and, and listening, it's impacting yeah. them in some way. Here's the deal. We get on do a weekly podcast. We talk for 30, 45 minutes to an hour, you know, and it's it's not for everyone, but you know, those right. that, that do listen, I think they enjoy it and we bring a different flavor to it. And that's, that's kind of the beauty of podcasts in general. There's so many podcasts out there. You'll find what, what you like, you know, no harm, no foul. It's all yeah. good. And, and, and we still, we still see people being surprised that Drew Outdoors has a podcast yeah. because they see the old show that we used to do with Mark Kenyon yeah. that ended in summer of 2018. And, and they just don't, they don't think that there's any more episodes. Well, we've been doing this show since then. Since since then, we have 146 or seven shows in the... Yeah, the problem the was when we first started the podcast, the audio version was on Mark Kenyon's yeah. accounts. So when it stopped, people that who were subscribed to it thought that the podcast stopped. And in all reality, we just started a new one it, it called the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast. And so it, you you had to, you, for those that were listening, they had to subscribe to a new channel. Not everybody did that. And... And so there was kind of a, just a, a miscommunication or a drop off there. So yeah, it's anyhow, kind of hard. You know, we're a video company. We're a video platform. We fully realize that much of our, our listening probably comes from the views on, on, mm -hmm. you know, our YouTube right. and, and Deercast channels. So it's, uh, it's all good. We look forward to continuing on down the path with uh, the podcast. We're not stopping anytime soon. In fact, we were more consistent last year in 2019 than ever. And this year, I mean, we're on track to hit one one every week for all 52 weeks. Mm -hmm. So you will not be able to escape us. Exactly. We but, are everywhere you are, and we will not stop. <laughs> so enough of, enough of the business talk. Uh, we're we're looking forward it's to getting business. in business. <laughs> we're looking forward to getting into this uh, this podcast because. 
you know, I, I opened DeerCast the other morning as I often, you know, every morning open it up, kind of like another social platform, checking sure. articles, newsfeed, all that good stuff, the weather. And I saw an, uh, an entry, I guess, I, I, I don't know, a post about this guy that was an NWTF. He ran into Mark and he's got a faternity. That's pretty unique. So why don't we introduce him and uh, let's hear a little bit more about it. Yeah, coming from Pennsylvania this morning, we have Owen Neff, who's the alumni chair of the Tau Phi Delta fraternity at Penn State University. Hey, man. Hey, how you guys doing? We're good. good. Thanks for hopping on. Now, um, you had a chance meeting with Mark down at NWTF. Why don't you share with folks how you ended up connecting with Mark? Um, so I was sitting at the one, uh, restaurant slash bar inside the hotel at the Gaylord Opryland, uh, with a buddy of mine, just relaxing, taking a break from the show. And I saw Mark come walking by and I looked at my buddy and I was like, dude, we got to say hi, this is awesome. And we stood up and asked for a picture and things like that. And just started talking, just chewing the fat for a couple minutes. And, uh, he had said something about like school and what we were down there for. And I was down there as part of our Penn state collegiate chapter of the NWTF known as the spur collectors. And then explained to him that I found out about that through my fraternity, um, tall Phi Delta, or as it said in the article in Deercast, Treehouse is our nickname. Um, and when I mentioned that we were the only, uh, remaining outdoor interest fraternity in the country, he like, pause for a minute was like, wait, say that again. And I was like, yeah, we're the last remaining one. And we're actually the last remaining chapter that's currently active of our fraternity. And he got all fired up about it and was like, I got to put you in contact with our writer, man. This is awesome. We should do an article for this for DeerCast. So it's uh, just great, uh, good opportunity to meet him, make a connection. And uh, it's a great down to earth guy that uh, was a good opportunity to get our name out there. Well, I think, I think for Mark, you know, speaking for Mark here, I think, you know, when you hear, what you guys are doing, what your fraternity is about. And then that year, the last one, first of all, I didn't know there were any, you know, and then to hear like, Hey, this is the last one here we are. It's a, you know, we're trying to continue to grow our sport mm-hmm. hunting heritage yeah. and you're out there actually actively, you know, trying to get people involved in the outdoors and, and young people uh, more specifically. So I think from Mark's perspective, he's just like, man, this is a no brainer. We got to have these guys on, put, put them in deer cast and yeah. see if we can help drum up any sort of um, notoriety or publicity for what you guys do. Yeah, I, I would imagine that's where it was coming from. I was just, it was nice to talk to, um, as I spoke with Tim before about how like the guys in our industry are more just relaxed, like down to earth, like, yeah, they're celebrities and people know who they are. They know their name, but they're just a lot more accessible, a lot more easy to talk to. So it was just nice to see him all fired up about our, our method, our goal of trying to get more people in the outdoors and continue to grow our our field. So that was, that was good. So why don't you take us through your method, you know, the method to the madness here? What, what do you guys do in order to achieve your goals? So, um, a lot of times, most of our things start off as, uh, the beginning of the process of getting the guys to join the house. So we'll do like events to like get people triggered into it and we'll, uh, we'll have them hang out. Uh, then we'll go skeet shooting at a local range down here, maybe a couple of flintlock shoots, things like that. Um, we'll do hiking trails, um, shed hunt, like group shed hunts. Hmm. Um, and then our, our two biggest traditions, um, are called bear drives and safari drives. So for every year for opening day of bear season, we have 
all the alumni, just anybody who wants to come, come back. And it's a mixture of actives and alumni. And I think this past year we had 33 guys go out somewhere around that range. Um, and they just go out for a day and push some areas around the around state college here, um, to try and get themselves a bear. And actually a couple years back, I believe it was in 2015, one of our, uh, I think he was active back at that time. Austin Nagara, I believe shot a 530 some pound bear. So that was, that was, uh, it was a good trip. And then, um, come deer season, opening day of deer season, uh, obviously this year it was on Saturday because of new regulation, but typically it's on Monday. The guys will come up for the weekend and drink and hang out. And we usually have probably good 25 to 30 guys go out for that and, um, traditions there. So we'll kind of tell that to our new members. And then we take place in a lot of involvement fairs, whether it be the, uh, environmental service management and environmental science fair or the general involvement fair here at the university, things of that nature, or even just general advertisement from talking to our buddies and our Instagram and things like that. Um, we just talk to guys and, bring them down, show them the house, which is usually a big hit. We even have guys from other like regular business frats and things like that, that come down here and are enamored by the house. Cause we have like, um, as you can see in my back here, there's a, a elk sheds on the, uh, an elk mount on the wall. We've got, um, a moose pud, another set of moose antlers. We got like six mule deer antlers, um, four or five white tailed deer mounts. Uh, we've got a, ba- a standing bear in the back of our chapter room and, uh, things of that nature. And, um, then we let them know that we're also an educational institution. So something that does matter to us and we've been making even more push for it lately is, um, just keeping your grades up things that matter because no matter what field you want to get into, but especially when you're getting into wildlife and dealing with research and things of that nature, you need to have a GPA and you need to have yourself set. So whether you go to grad school or you go on to a research internship, they're going to be looking for those kind of things. So it's a good thing to put on your resume as being part of the house, as well as, um, uh, getting guys into hunting when they see the mounts on the wall, they're like, man, I'd love to have that in my house. We're like, Hey, we can make that happen. We'll go out on trips and we'll take guys out turkey hunting. And like it was said in the deer cast article, um, we have currently, we have 12 guys that are pledging the house this semester. And, uh, six of them have never even been hunting before. A few have shot guns, but never actually been in the woods. And four or five of them are already talking about going on turkey hunting trips and stuff like that this, uh, this spring. So, I guess our biggest message as we try to get out there is uh, our mission statement is the for the towards the conservation of the outdoors and forest resources and things of that nature. And mm-hmm. um, we just like to connect that with hunters and and continue to grow the outdoor industry as we get more guys into the sport. It's so awesome it's because so awesome. with with kid uh, with youth focused hunting initiatives you, you may, you may get them hooked on it, but it's, it's really hard for them to continue on in that process, especially if they don't have a family member that's going to continue taking them. You're getting people into the outdoors, having successful hunting experiences at a point in their lives where they can continue doing this on their own if they, if they love it. And I'm assuming they love it once you hook them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We've had, had guys come in here who have never been hunting before. And, uh, they went out and say they, they pledged in the spring and they got their first Turkey and just absolutely got hooked. And, uh, I know I took a guy last year, he went out waterfowl hunting with me and he had been hunting other types, but he had never done waterfowl before. And he shot after his first volley and absolutely like lost it. He was all giddy, but beside himself saying like, I, I got to do this again. This is addicting. And I said, yeah, I know, man, it's just, it's an awesome thing. So when we get guys into it in general, whether they choose to focus on a certain type of hunting or certain species or anything, and it's like large game, 
game, small game, waterfowl, things of that nature. Um, no matter what they choose to focus on or what they like root themselves in, it's just good to get more people into it. And a big proponent that we have pushing for that is our alumni, because I don't know what the actual percentage is, but a very large percentage of our alumni either works for the state forestry bureau or for the game commission. We've had people do wildlife research and things like that. And, uh, we actually had at that NWTF convention, um, Mary Jo Castellina is a wildlife turkey biologist for the Pennsylvania state game commission. And she's actually a Penn state alum and she got recognized as the turkey biologist of the year. So we just have a lot of things coming out of this university, but especially out of the alumni of this fraternity that offer incredible connections and getting into the field and, and the industry. So when guys get come in here interested in the outdoors, but having never gone, they get in here and they get hooked on the hunting and they just absolutely love that. And they're like, how can I surround myself this with this for the rest of my life? And we're like, well, here are some options. And these guys, most of them, I shouldn't say most of them, like probably about 50% of them are already in some form of outdoor field. Mm -hmm. And the ones that aren't are in a form of engineering where they're going to make enough money to be able to go on these trips and do these things. So we just connect them with the alumni and we have a pretty good uh, relationship with most of our alumni and, um, we have great connections to that too. So if, if somebody's listening to this, you know, in a different state and a different part of the country and they're like, you know what, I, I would love to start my own chapter or, or figure out how to get some program like this rolling in their, their college, what, what would they have to do or what are the steps they would take? Are you guys actively trying to, to recruit new chapters across the country? Um, well, at the moment we're not, super actively trying because we're still trying to build our budget um, because we, we ran into some hard times uh, in the past years and we've actually boosted it now with the guys that are joining. We're going to have 31 guys in the house next year at a full house and we're growing our numbers, which is good. So now that we're doing that, we're trying to build the budget even further so that in future years we can look into uh, doing that. So if anybody would want to do that, what they would do is contact uh, whoever they can contact off based off the website. Um, more than likely they'll get connected to our president, Aaron Swieger, uh, and he will connect them, um, with our entire board of executives as well as our board of directors and our grand nationals. And then they would probably end up having a sit down meeting to discuss the finances and the, uh, the logistics of how to go through the paperwork and, and everything like that. And then they would move forward with, uh, the actual setup of trying to start that chapter. So what's the website address? Uh, I think it's tall Phi Delta, dot org. Um, I'm not hundred percent sure if it's dot com or dot org, but it's on that Deercast article. Jeremy put it at the bottom of the article. Sure. And we'll make sure that's linked up in the show notes so folks can get involved if they, if they choose to. I'm curious, uh, cause land access can be an issue. I know when I went away to college, um, I, I was having to travel back. I was, I was in undergrad in Macomb, Illinois, and I would have to travel all the way over to like Staunton, Litchfield, Illinois to hunt. And that was kind of a challenge during college. How do you, how do you handle land access and how do you do that for maybe students who are non-residents? Okay. So, um, the first thing is definitely a lot of the guys who are a part of the house themselves have private land. So when they are going for opening weekends and things like that, if they're not like for archery, Mm -hmm. since we don't have like a group archery hunt, they'll go back home and hunt on their property. Um, but when we're here at school, especially with guys that have never hunted or out of state guys, um, we'll just direct them on 
getting their licenses and things like that. And then actually only 10 minutes um, from the house and only probably about two minutes away from the north side of campus, we have uh, a game lands that is very very highly sought after for doves and pheasants in the area because they stock pheasants there each year. Um, And then just another five minutes down Route 99, uh, we have another section of game lands that is probably the big for center county and surrounding counties is the biggest um, pheasant hunting area. And then just down the road, even a little bit further uh, around Phillipsburg and Morristown, things like that, there's uh, the Black Machana State Forest and uh, Game Lands 33. And the combination of all that is actually some pretty fantastic deer hunting. Um, So granted, as being in college, you don't have the time availabilities that you do when you're outside not necessarily saying it's much different when you're working a full-time job, but uh, just working with classes. And a lot of us also have jobs while we're in school stuff. So it's hard to form time, but when we get the opportunity, we like to get a couple guys out there and uh, uh, put up some tree stands and, and make some game plans on uh, patterning the deer. And then also the pheasant hunts and um, going on co-op areas like Collier Lake for waterfowl and things of that nature, just as much as it might not be sought after as a uh, uh, haven, so to speak, for for hunters. Mm-hmm. It is uh, a very productive area as long as you put in the effort. And being that we have so many guys in here that have been doing it for so many years, it's it's really easy to put new guys out there and have them, uh, have them be successful. Awesome. I was going to say, you know, the amount of time that you have in college might seem like it's, <laughs> like it's limited, but... <laughs> Boy, if I could only go back, <laughs> I could rule the world if I had if I had those days back. Yeah, <laughs> looking back, I may have wasted a little bit of time. Yeah, yep. same here. You, you just, I mean, it's so relative. <laughs> yeah, like before I had kids, I didn't realize how much discretionary time I had. Before I got married, I didn't know, so yeah. just just the way basically life goes. everything in your life will just continue to dwindle away at what, how much time you get to go hunting. <laughs> yeah, the older you get. Another way of saying Owen is. Behold the ravages of age. Yeah. <laughs> Life. Hunt I, as I, much do, as I do hear that a lot. <laughs> yes, so. That's the takeaway. While you have no one to answer to. <laughs> Owen, one of the things that, that I, I wonder about is we know that college campuses are not historically friendly places for people that live the outdoor lifestyle. Um, uh, people who believe in second amendment. It's, it's a very PC culture how has uh, what's the reception been like obviously you guys have been there for a long time at penn state but what kind of interactions do you have and has there been conflict with the overall culture of the campus you know actually surprisingly enough we haven't really had any um uh, run-ins with the university we're actually so a lot of the guys out there will join a fraternity for like the girls or for the booze or something like that. And being where we're at and what we're about, the guys join here to be like a part of a brotherhood, to be a part of, of something that means more than just the four years of BS while you're here at school. Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually have pretty good standing with the interfraternity council and the university. And um, in terms of dealing with other fraternities, we're pretty amicable with, with most of them. Uh, I honestly don't know that we've had any feuds with, uh, too many. And, um, even ones that aren't in the outdoor field, they'll come over for our parties and hang out and just like 
ask physically ask for a tour of the house because they'll walk in and they'll walk downstairs and they'll look in our dining room and be like, whoa, that's a deer on the wall. Hey, that's a moose on the wall. Wait, what's going on? And they'll ask for a tour of the house and we'll show them the chapter room and things like that. So in terms of university life and dealing with other students and things like that, if anything, we've been more accepted than you would imagine just because people uh, aside from those very closeted, closed minded people that think we're just a bunch of dumb rednecks that talk like idiots. Um, it, we've actually been very well received and, uh, have quite a few guys in the house that have very good friends in other fraternities and amongst the university, uh, staff. Other than those bigots. <laughs> it, I mean, it's interesting because, because the college campus is the place where people talk about being open-minded and tolerant. But in reality, you mean liberals aren't. <laughs> they really don't. As long as you believe what they believe, they're extremely tolerant. Yeah. But yeah, man, yeah. if you stray outside that, man, well, you know, where I went to college, they're, they're obvious. There was no fraternity like this. All the fraternities. The- they were kind of douchebags, honestly. Like this yeah. one, I think yeah. is something I could get behind. Yeah, my my first ex- <laughs> my first personal experience with a fraternity. I so I went to Western Illinois University, and and I went there as a transfer student. I did two years at a community college, got my associate associate's degree, and then transferred in. And I remember it was my first semester there, and they were hazing some kids in the front lawn of this fraternity house. They had this kid tied to a concrete cross in the yard and they were pouring all kinds of junk on him and it was cold and rainy out and it was just terrible i'm like this is lord of the flies oh i don't want any part of this i'm good on this yeah i just I, I i don't have time for that but it's it's so good to hear Owen, that you that you guys have such a stellar reputation based on your behavior and how welcoming you are and just how upstanding of of students it sounds like this it sounds like you just have high standards for the brothers in the fraternity Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I know one of the things that we've noticed from going to um, other fraternities throughout the years is that when you walk in and you look around, you'll see things that are just like something will smell bad or you'll see a stain on the wall or just dirty floors and just trash all over the place. And um, uh, that's something that doesn't happen here because we have house duties. So even when we don't have pledges here, since we don't we don't take part in what you were just saying about the guy tied to the concrete pole. We don't actually do any hazing because our object isn't to make the guys feel like crap. It's to make them feel like they're a part of the brotherhood. Yeah. Um, so we'll have them do house duties along with us and the whole brotherhood actives, even alumni sometimes will come back and help clean up things when we do like weekend work trips and things like that. Um, we we're mopping floors, we're waxing, we're cleaning hallways and bathrooms and, uh, we even help clean the kitchen and everything for our chef. So that way she has a good, uh, a good situation to work in when she comes every day. So it's just, it's a matter of, of respect, not only from other people, but also for ourselves because I mean, we're, we're not slobs. We don't want to be children. We want to be adults because as much as we are getting young guys into hunting and we are all young, we're emerging into adulthood and getting to that point where we need to be professional. So we, we like to hold ourselves to a little bit of a higher standard so that uh, we're preparing ourselves for life. I think Owen gets it. I think we need to get some interns from the fraternity <laughs> to come here to Drew Outdoors. Long. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I think, I think Owen, what you're talking about is when when you grow up in an outdoor culture, you you understand reality a lot better. You understand that there are consequences for actions, and so many young people today, even adults, they don't want consequences. And and you guys, you guys are. I mean, you sound like you're. I mean, you're a grown man, obviously, but you sound like you're wise beyond your years. 
And my, my guess is that you've grown up in, in the real world, which is where most of us that grew Absolutely. up fishing and hunting grew up. The outdoors. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it truly is the real world. Yeah. So it's, it's, we appreciate you, uh, you know, joining us today. And I hope that we can Absolutely. help shed some light, you know, for, for what you guys are doing there. And I, honestly, the, when I, when we talked about this, my intention was, all right, maybe if we could put a spotlight on it, not just for, to help your specific chapter, but to help grow this into other chapters, because realistically, that's what we need more so than yep. just helping it from a granular level. It, it needs to be more national. Yep. And, uh, you know, so if somebody's out here listening to this, you know, I'm sure Owen and the guys at uh, his fraternity would be more than happy to talk to you about how you could try to get something started in, in your own college. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's like I said, getting back into the whole financial things and, and growing our budget, it's, it, it would be some seriously welcomed conversation if somebody had any interest in uh, putting the first step towards starting another chapter. Yeah. Yeah. That was going to be my next, my next question. Like what support do you need? And, uh, and I guess if folks have resources access to land, access to equipment, they can probably just reach out and get a hold of someone there at the fraternity. Yeah. Yeah. Any, anytime, whether it be through the website or, um, anyone that you know that can connect, like we're pretty well out there. We have our Instagram as well. Um, we're not hard to get a hold of if you DM us or message us based off the website or anything like that. Uh, we'll answer you pretty quickly. Uh, a lot of the guys like try to be on top of things with yeah. their schedules and whatnot and being with starting a new chapter. I mean, aside from like we're, we're no lack of effort or, or desire. So aside from the, the finances or the physical paperwork of whoever's at that university trying to get it done, aside from finances, I mean, you'll have full support if you try to do that. So uh, we welcome that conversation for sure. Um, yeah. And I'll make sure we link it up for folks that are listening. What are your socials? Say it again. What's your social handles? Social handles. Uh, let me pull it up for you real quick, just to give you the specific Avi. Um, I would so for for social for Instagram, it is tall t a u underscore phi p h i underscore delta underscore p s u. Okay. And then um, beyond that, uh, let me just double check the website real quick here. Um, <laughs> Yep. So it's no spaces or anything. It's just tallphidelta.org. Easy enough. Easy enough. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, perfect. We'll, we'll link it up in the show notes as Tim stated, and uh, we'll try to help push some people your way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. 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 So, so let's uh, let's roll into the wildlife word. If you're eating, you may want to stop because okay. we don't want to ruin we don't want to ruin anyone's uh, <laughs> anyone's meal today. Uh, this week's wildlife word is gall. Have you guys heard the term gall? No. Familiar? Ring any bells? It's a swelling or growth on external tissues of plants, animals, and fungi. Uh, in plants, they're essentially benign tumors. You see them a lot on oak trees. You know, the big round growth on the outside of um, kind of the, the, the trunk of the oak tree, that's a gall. All right. Sometimes no. formed by wasps laying larvae in there and... They can be really uh, valuable. A lot of people want them for uh, furniture projects. <laughs> the The grain inside the gall is pretty interesting. Now you know. So yeah, cut down a gall when you see one. 
<laughs> Give me your goals, people. All right. All right. Well, on that note, <laughs> let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> begging for people's goals. Um, man, I don't think there's anything specifically other than DeerCast is still rolling. I mean, there's still tons of content being loaded in there on a daily basis. So make sure you're joining us in DeerCast. And um, lots of great new things coming down the pike later in the year that will roll out. Um, yeah, I think on the DeerCast side, the article this time of year, you know, of course, there's still this kind of social side of it. The posts, much like the one that Owen was involved in, fan shares. But more importantly, I think the article's this time of year really help get you by and, and give you the information on things that are timely projects that you should probably be thinking of for your property, you know, or our off season projects for your gear or whatever, whatever the case may be. So a lot of that stuff's really valuable and free to the, you know, you don't have to have a pro or an elite account or anything like that. It's just the, the articles are free to all, all users. So if you're a broke college student, then it makes better. perfect sense. Yeah. For you. yeah. There's a lot of knowledge in there. So, um, that's, that's kind of the push I'd give. Check that's it right. out. That's right. Okay. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We appreciate it. Owen, thanks for hopping on. We appreciate you, man. Absolutely appreciate y'all having me. All right. All right. Take it easy. Peace out.